Hey everybody, before we get into the show, I wanted to let you know we've got another live show coming up. We will be back at Maya Cinemas on Thursday, May 23rd for Furiosa, the latest in the Mad Max series. We are so excited for this one. Joining me to talk about it, we've got Sam Novak, Shahab Zargari, and Tony Gonzalez. A great lineup. It's going to be an awesome movie. We are so excited to talk about it. So make sure to check the show notes. There are opportunities to win tickets. You could also buy tickets. And we hope to see you there Thursday, May 23rd, 6 p.m. at Maya Cinemas for Furiosa. Welcome to another episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what movies inspired it. And today on the show, we are talking about Titan, which hopefully I'm pronouncing right. We, we mentioned during the conversation that we're going to probably get some pronunciations wrong in this one. Uh, it is a French film from director Julia Ducourneau. Perhaps I'm pronouncing that right hopefully. But yeah, it just won the Palme d'Or at Cannes earlier this year and is now out in theaters and is fantastic. Um, I am very much looking forward to talking about this movie. It may have even snuck its way into my number one spot so far for the year. It's been a weird year for movies, but uh, I love this movie and I'm really looking forward to talking about it. Joining me is the Vern from Cinema Recall. Vern's been on the podcast before, but it's been a while, so I was glad to have him back on the show. And yeah, we got a lot of good puzzle pieces to get into with this one. A very unique film. Uh, so that is coming up here in a second. Before we get to the conversation, I do want to remind you, as always, to make sure you're subscribed to Piecing It Together wherever you listen to podcasts. You can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser or Good Pods. Or if whatever the app is that you listen to podcasts on happens to have a five stars button, you can just hit it right there, and that works for me. Uh, you can follow us on social media at PiecingPod. Join our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces, where we continue the conversation about all the movies we talk about here on the show. And uh, aside from that, you know, I have a new album out. I've been talking about it a bunch lately. Uh, we also had a special bonus episode last week where I previewed that entire album. It's called The Dissection Table. It's the score to a long lost, or at least six years lost, uh, feature-length horror film that I scored back in 2015. It never came out, but now I'm finally able to release the soundtrack, and it comes out on October 15th, which might actually be the day that this episode goes up. I record them in advance, of course, and I'm not 100% sure, but I think it's when this episode goes up. So if you're hearing this, the album's out, and you should go check it out. It's available for sale on iTunes, on Bandcamp, all the places you could buy music, and of course on Spotify, Apple Music, all the places you could stream music. It's called The Dissection Table. Please check it out. And... Uh, with all that said, let's get into our conversation about Titan. All right, so the Vern is back with us. He was here last year to talk about Kajillionaire, and I'm glad to have him back on the show to talk about Titan. Vern, how's it going? Hello, David. Thanks for having me back on. Now, is it Titan? Titan? I hear different ways of pronouncing this movie. I am never quite sure the exact way to say it. I don't know if I'll ever know for sure. I did my, my research. That's what I landed on. I could still be wrong. Yeah. But uh, I, I tried. <laughs> Fair enough there. You say Titan. I say Titan. You say Titan. Titan. I'm, go I'm going with the, the T10. That, that's, that's, where, that's, where, that's where I'm landing on here. But uh, I, I don't do a lot of research for this show. I just uh, think back to the movies I love and see what I could connect, yeah. you know? Titanium, <laughs> titanium. However you want to pronounce the movie, it's fine, I guess. <laughs> that's right. That is absolutely right. And, uh, I, you know, I should say, getting into this movie, I did not know what to expect with this thing. I, you know, obviously I had a, you know, a lot of buzz out of, you know, winning the Palme d'Or at Cannes this year. And everybody was raving about it, but they really kind of 
don't tell you much of what to expect from the trailer. Yeah, this is the kind of movie that I would have to travel to the city to watch it. Because there's a theater mm. called The Landmark, and they do a lot of like, independent art films because this is essentially an art film. And it was so odd to watch this in the same theater where Adam's Family 2 and Venom Let There Be Carnage was playing. Right, right. Because I saw this at a big AMC theater. I'm not quite sure where you saw it in your hometown. But seeing this one in a multiplex was just kind of weird. So I can almost imagine someone who's like not very familiar with movies. Some old person coming in is like, oh, right. what's this movie, Titan? This looks yeah. good. And then have them sit down and be like, ah, have their minds be blown away yeah shout out to neon for uh for going big with this thing and it is funny actually now that you bring that up i hadn't even thought about mentioning this but i did find it funny walking into the theater that it was billed as uh t10 and then in parentheses in french with subtitles uh they, they you know they had to make sure to warn people i guess <laughs> yes I <don't> know. <laughs> yeah whenever you hear those words in french with subtitles that's usually a cue like this is gonna be kind of a weird movie for you uh Regular movie doors in a way. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll get into plenty about what this movie is and what happened along the way while we're going through puzzle pieces. But I do want to ask you uh, briefly before we get to our first pieces: um, are are you a fan of uh, the director's previous film Raw, which I still have not seen? I was going to try to watch it before this, but uh, it's definitely on the watch list to come up soon. Oh yeah, I will say this right now: uh, that was almost going to be my first puzzle piece but yes okay. listeners out there if you have never seen titan to teeny I mean, you can definitely watch it before you see raw but mm. i do think that raw is a good gateway drug to know exactly what you're getting into because when i saw the trailers for this movie i saw that it was from the director of raw julia de Cornell. i was like oh yeah because uh, that movie is insane. If you don't know what Raw is, Raw is about this young girl. She's going to a veterinarian school. She gets hazed during her first night there. She's forced to read like this like rabbit kidney. And then she starts to develop a taste for human flesh. She used to be a vegetarian. Uh, <laughs> now she's starting to develop a taste for you know uh, meat. And mm. then it builds to her love of human flesh. It's definitely a coming-of-age drama. As well as a cannibal horror movie, so yeah, take that as you will. Okay, so you want you want to use that as a first puzzle? piece? I will then? use that as first puzzle piece. Uh, Julia Turner's right. Raw, just because it is bat blank crazy <laughs> as <laughs> sure. Titan is, and mm. but I like it very much. It's, it has a very strong story element. It's definitely female centered, and it's about this woman becoming her own person and mm -hmm. she's uh finding things out about her family's past her sister is living at this college and she sure teaches her the ways and yeah there's some definitely some cringe worthy moments in this yeah but it's it's a fun body horror vibe you can definitely see a lot of the body horror vibes that she'll use in this other feature as well and sure great strong visuals yeah yeah i i definitely am looking forward to watching it it's it's like really high up on my watch list for like the next week or so uh, especially we're getting in the halloween spirit so uh who doesn't want some cannibalism in their october movie watch list it's, so. but it's kind of like tasteful cannibalism uh -huh. it's like art sure. house cannibalism yeah. and whatnot uh, there's a sequence i'm not gonna spoil your way involving her eating a finger that mm -hmm. is in a way disturbing, but Julia DeCarnell shoots things that are both disturbing and erotic. Uh-huh. And so there's a moment with a finger that's both elements of that. Um, I think the lead actors in that movie, uh, Justine Morelina, a lot of these French names I am not going to be able to pronounce, but she just does a fantastic job with this. Awesome. Well, uh... You know, speaking of body horror, I'm going to go to the most obvious puzzle piece here, and that is, of course, the work of David Cronenberg. Oh, yes. 
we, we can go to various aspects of his career. I mean, from the body horror stuff to Crash, of course, mm-hmm. we are talking about a movie here where a woman has sex with a car and some really uh, weird stuff follows from there. But even his later era films, I feel like there's a, a, a certain kind of build to uh, both the action sequences in the middle of the film and then just the kind of unrelenting what the fuckness of everything that comes afterwards that kind of reminds me of some of his later stuff like Eastern Promises as well. Really, there's just a lot of Cronenberg influence on all of the different phases of this movie. And that's a a thing that I think we should mention real quick because it's going to kind of weigh on some of our other puzzle pieces along the way is this movie goes through a lot of different phases of you know what what we get we all know kind of going into it this is a movie about a woman who has sex with and gets pregnant by a car but that kind of just happens in the opening and then it kind of almost turns into a slasher for a while and then it turns into a movie about the uh uh the aftermath of all that which becomes a very different thing so there, there's different areas that our pieces may kind of apply to. And I think there's all of them kind of have a lot of Cronenberg in it. Very much so. Yeah, because you have this lead character who's not very sympathetic. Right. And then she becomes sympathetic towards the end of the movie. It's yes. very kind of bizarre, and you think that it just comes out of nowhere, but it's very gradual because this lead character, she was in a car accident when she was a little kid, has a metal plate put in her head. I think that's what the name is, uh, Titan, because titanium steel in her head. And mm. then she has this uh, relationship with her car. You can see wait, when she was a kid, she hugs the car because apparently the car helped save her life. And she has um, this relationship with this other young woman, but she doesn't have a connection with her. She's also a serial killer, I should say that. Yes. Um, and they mentioned before she has, you know, the sets with the car and she becomes impregnated by the car. It, But I like the fact that that's not the main plot of the movie. I really right. thought the movie was going to go and have her go on a road trip. With the car and have like a buddy road pitcher and somewhat like there. Yeah, uh, this brings me to my next little puzzle piece speaking about relationships with cars and your machines. Uh Is the movie Jumbo. Okay. Have you heard of this? I, I haven't, no. Okay, so Jumbo is a French movie. Surprise, surprise. And it's about a young woman. Uh, the actor in this was also in the Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Um, Noel Merlent, if I'm seeing that right. I apologize for about my pronunciation. But it's about a woman, uh, very sheltered. She lives with her mom. And then she spends her nights working at an amusement park, cleaning rides, you know, putting things together. And then she meets an amusement park ride. Uh, kind of like a Tilter Whirl, one of those things. We called him the Scrambler uh, back mm-hmm. here in Minnesota for uh, Valley Fair. But it's this machine where you get into this car and it just shapes you around everywhere. So right. she falls in love with this amusement park ride and actually has sets with it. <laughs> there you go, yeah. And her mom, her mom is like, hey. But she tells her mom, hey, I met this new guy. And her mom's like, oh, you met a new guy outside? And then she introduces her to her boyfriend. And mom's like, no. And it becomes sort of like a teen drama. Where it's like, mm-hmm. no, mom, you don't understand. We're in love. And it becomes very melodramatic. I kind of wish the movie got more into that and go way over the top with some of its drama. But... Mm-hmm. It doesn't do that, and it turns out to be, it's it's fine, it's just not as good as I would like it to be. Okay. Well, I, it sounds really interesting, and, and that's a great uh, setup for a movie, seriously. Yeah. And definitely you can see the connection uh, with, with something like T10. It's like the, that similar, uh, you know, setup, at least, and where things go, of course. It, it, you, you have no idea. Exactly. <laughs> the action's really good. I believe right now it's playing on the Arrow video player, that streaming okay. network. So if you have that, it's available on there right now. It's, it's 90 minutes. It's a short little ride. You're not going to hate your time watching it. 
but mm-hmm. I was I expected a little bit more, especially at the end. I was disappointed by the end, but the rest of it's well acted enough right there. So it's a recommend. I like how you just described that movie as a ride. Yes. Um, that, 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 <laughs> good pull there, Vern. <laughs> Uh, all right, I'll go on to my next piece then, and uh, that, it's an indie from last year that uh, I think got a pretty good amount of attention called Swallow. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a really good movie, stars Haley Bennett, and she's she's this unhappy woman, unhappy with her, her life and her marriage, and she turns to swallowing various objects that she should not be eating uh, as kind of a form of not just addiction, but also a way of taking control of her life and of you know, kind of taking back her life from the situation she's gotten herself into. And this strange addiction kind of leads to bodily harm, a lot of body horror elements to it. And then, you know, eventually pregnancy and the weird uh, follow-up from there. But, uh, you know, it's definitely a portrait of of female angst and, you know, fighting back and taking back of of her own life. And there's definite parallels i think between that character and this character and what they put themselves through for the sake of uh taking back control of themselves very much so this is one of my favorite movies that came out in 2018 oh yeah i thought that Haley bennett was just perfect because when you watch the trailer for this movie you are thinking that well this move this this is the movie about a woman who's sick in the head because she likes to swallow things she's doing the things that are damaging to herself uh, but when you watch the movie and things get revealed about her past, you definitely have a better understanding of why she is this way. And also explains, too, about people can do dangerous things to themselves. They know that it's dangerous, but yet they are in control of that danger. Right. It's their life. This is the only thing of her swallowing this dangerous object. This is the only thing in her life that she has her, has to be her own. Exactly. You know, she doesn't really have control over her marriage and her confidence right there. And you realize there's something that happened in her past that led to it. And I thought it was brilliant the way that she confronts these sort of demons from her past and everything. It was a... Beautiful, beautiful performance. I know that that actor Haley Bennett. She's going to be in the new uh, remake of Cyrano uh, with okay. um, Peter Dinklage, and I'm very excited to see more of her. I think I saw her in that movie Hardcore Henry that was out uh, a while back. That's and right. I forgot she was in that. Yeah, pe- you're right. People always called her like you know, like the dime store Jennifer Lawrence in a way. <laughs> yeah, made the comparisons yeah. to that actor. Uh, but I think Haley Bennett is just going on her own and swallow is definitely like her calling card for acting. Yeah, absolutely. All right. What do you got for your uh, next piece? Uh, I think the other one I went into speak about, you know, love of, you know, cars because our lead actor has loved cars. I'm going to do John Carpenter's Christine. Sure. Based on the book from Stephen King. And it's about a young man who finds this old car. It's beat up and he restores it to greatness, not knowing that the car is possessed by demon forces. And I love the way that the car communicates is through old rock songs of the 50s and yeah. 60s. Yeah, that's so good. And I think that uh, the cinematography is excellent. The casting is great, but it's that car just using the old songs to talk about. There's like one scene where, like, uh, Artie is getting angry with the car, like, wants to go away, and then he comes back, and then the car starts playing, like, I love you, love you, yes, I do, and just, mm-hmm. oh, it's really great. I, and I went to watch this movie after I saw Titan, but apparently I had to rent it. It's not, like, HBO Max or Netflix or Hulu or Prime, and I got so uh. frustrated, I'm like, oh, I actually have to pay to rent this? Ah, I don't know if I want to do that right now, but I've seen it before, and it's something that I yeah. want to watch again. 
It's been a while for me as well, and and I uh, I think it's probably going to end up on my watch list for for this month because we've been talking about it, my wife and I, and 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 yeah, it's great though, and I think especially you know of course the car angle, but I think the a lot of the cinematography as well is very inspired uh, by by that kind of look, and I feel like that's been a, a kind of a running theme for me at least uh, this year as far as the movies I've liked the most. They all feel like very movie movie if if you catch my drift it's <laughs> sure. like every everything is heightened and just you know t- totally just like kind of a thrill ride as far as the way that they're shot and the way that uh you know keep keeping things exciting with that cinematography oh definitely indeed david all right buddy what do you have for your next one so i'm realizing that i'm kind of going chronologically through the film sure. uh, and in the way that I'm kind of laying out my pieces here, because next up I'm going to move on to uh, some of that middle section uh, oh. with the slasher elements of the film. Yeah. But- uh, really quickly though, uh, I t- this part kind of took me out of surprise mm-hmm. when I was watching the movie because she's on the beach, our, our lead actor, and I'm looking up her name Right now, I want to say it's uh, Gracie. No, it's not. That's the uh, his girl. Her That's girlfriend. the the other girls. Uh, Agatha, Agatha Russell. Agatha Russell. This was her first feature ever, mm-hmm. which I found amazing. I, I saw it an, is amazing. I saw an interview saying that she answered an Instagram post to audition for this movie. Wow! And the changes that she does in this is actually quite astounding. But yeah, oh, yeah, this the sequence where you know she's on the beach with uh, Garancy's Morales character. I really thought that I missed something. Like there was a bleep because suddenly she's killing her, and then <laughs> uh, killing everyone in this family's household. And it's both shocking. It's funny. There's a sequence involving a bar stool, and that's all we're gonna say. Sure. Uh, I would give a spoilers here. There's a weird moment where she you know, meets someone coming out of a bedroom, and then she hugs them. Uh huh. Trying to find, I'm guessing it's to try to find some sort of like connection or something like that, because this woman has really no connections with other humans. There's a scene earlier where a fan comes out to her car. She works as like this girl dancer for like this underground car company. Uh, right, kind of like booth babes at uh, comic cons and all that. Sure, uh, sure. But this fan comes out and it becomes very toxic because he's like, "Hey, give me a kiss, all right? I'm one of your biggest fans." And she kills him. Apparently, I think she does this for like a while, and then she's on this couch with their girl. You thinking that you know they have this nice relationship, and then she kills her and a bunch of other people. Uh, then she has to go into hiding, and I apologize for you know taking over the rain here. When I David, but if you have a <laughs> no, puzzle good. piece to go with this section here, because I know there's other things we got to talk about later on after this whole sequence here. So, well, si- since you kind of recapped some of that, I will say real quick before I get into my puzzle piece about this, I I do feel like this whole section of the film may or may not be happening. Um, I, you know, I, 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 it's really hard to say if it's just more of her, her mixed emotions and just every, all the rage that she's kind of going through at the moment Mm -hmm. and not actually happening. But this puzzle piece though, uh, assumes that it is all happening and that's Quentin Tarantino films specifically talking about Kill Bill and Death Proof. Um, but just this woman going batshit killing lots of people and in very inventive ways with lots of really great choreography, gleeful violence, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I, I think that there's a lot of some of the best uh, Tarantino violence in some of those killings that she does in that section of the film. Whether it happens or not, I'm going to assume it does. Well, yeah, because uh, it adds in that sort of like pop soundtrack that sure. Tarantino used to, lets to use, and there's definitely, you know, he, I, I'm not quite sure what the name of the song that was used in that killing sequence in Titan, uh, mm-hmm. but it's very early 60s, and that's something that Tarantino likes to use in his features. Uh, going way back to even Reservoir Dogs and mm-hmm. using pop songs. That's always a Tarantino violence. thing, for sure. <laughs> yes, using pop songs to evoke violence in that. 
And yeah, I totally see it too, the way that it's uh, both shocking and yet sensationalized in a way too, because there are some moments that happen that it's shocking, but it's very funny and titanic, just like the same way it is in a Tarantino feature. So yeah. Yeah, I was surprised how funny this movie was, to be honest, because I, I, I was not quite expecting that, but it is very like over the top with itself. Very over the top, very dark humorous right there. So yeah, I think Kill Bill is definitely a good one too, or any of Tarantino features too. We could probably put sure. substitute that for any other one of his features. So pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. That was amazing. Well, what do you got next? Well, now we're going to kind of get into a little bit what happens going on next in the movie. Because in after she kills these people, our lead character goes into hiding. And she hmm. sees this news report about this little boy that's been missing for over 10 years. And she decides to disguise herself as the young man. And, you know, go meet up with uh, the father. The father comes uh, to this hospital. Uh, she tapes everything down. She breaks her nose and makes herself into this boy. I believe the name is Adrian, if I'm saying that right. right. And yeah. she goes to where, you know, her the father lives. The father is a fire chief and this is like his long lost son. So now um, our lead character is now... Adrian, and the movie that I want to bring up, it's a movie that I have not seen since it was in the theaters, uh, but that is The Skin I Live In by uh, Pedro Aldomovar, and I'm, mm -hmm. I'm so bad at these uh, names. <laughs> yeah, me too. But basically, The Skin I Live In is about this uh, woman, it stars Antonio Banderas, mm -hmm. and it stars, I'm looking at the cast name right now, Elena uh, Nina. It's hard to describe this movie without giving it away to too many spoilers, but it's about this plastic surgeon who's haunted by past tragedies, creates a new type of synthetic skin that withstands any type of damages, and there's this mysterious woman that's been held captive for so many years, and she escapes and wants to get revenge. And this is where it becomes kind of sporadically horrific. But mm. uh, this movie came out in like 2011, so I apologize for any spoilers for a movie this old. So if you have any, if you have any desire to see this kind of live in, uh, here's spoilers. So what we find out is that this was a originally the woman that goes for revenge was a man that actually you know uh, was accused of raping this guy's daughter and he never did any damage to her but the father uh misconsued a fight and the angry father uh turned this man into a woman and with the, against his will and so now the woman right. is going after revenge and yeah it's a uh, very bizarre but it's all about changing identities and that's sure. why it was one of my puzzle pieces. So this the skin I live in, yeah, it's good. But uh it's very bizarre, but has to do with identity transformation. So that was my big puzzle piece right there. And that's yeah. the same type of thing that our lead character goes through in this movie. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen it since back when it first came out either. But uh yeah, great movie. And I, I think that's definitely a good one to include here, uh, to to lead into what, you know, eventually becomes the whole second half of the film, you know, right through the uh end of the movie. Mm -hmm. Um another one that I'll bring up that kind of just goes right along with it for talking about this whole last half of the film, uh, would be Boys Don't Cry. Oh. You know, with Hilary Swank as a trans man. Although, of course, in this movie, in Titan, uh, our main character is not trans, just happens to be hiding out as a boy. But part of that passing for a boy includes having to tape herself up with the medical gauze, uh, taping herself down, and, and we see a lot. From what I remember, I, I haven't seen it in a long time, but I, I think it gets into like the, uh, you know, the bruising and the marks and everything left on the body from from going through that transformation. And yeah. of course, if she's found out, there's the threat of 
you know, violence, and especially in Boys Don't Cry. In this movie, it kind of twists that, though, and she's almost so embraced by everybody, uh, even even the ones that are kind of on to the fact that this person isn't who they say they are. There's still almost a comedy to it in the way in the way that it's uh, presented that these people might find out. Very very true there, uh, but there's also very kind of like a shocking element that happens when uh, she is found out. And when it does, finally is revealed, yeah. Yeah, she, you know, befriends a group of people, and, they, you know, they're a little bit off, but they still later, then she starts to develop a relationship with this other woman, played by Chloe Sevengi. Uh Yeah, I think this one is really, really good kind of puzzle piece is about, you know, transformation, and also of, like, love and acceptance, because mm-hmm. the other people who work in this fire station with this fire chief... Uh, they feel that something is off with the lead character, and yeah. they they because the father you know the father played by Vincent London Vincent Vincent Linden sorry you know he introduces Adrian as his son and he says you know if I'm God you know this is Jesus basically yeah <laughs> and we should mention this too the fact that Adrian doesn't say a word yes completely silence and I think that's a wise decision. Otherwise, you're going to have someone just try to pretend to be mad. So I think it's brilliant the fact that this character doesn't speak at all and just kind of uses body language and whatnot. To... Well, as, mess- as messed up as it is, it makes sense, too, for the idea that this kid was abducted yeah. uh, years and years earlier. And so, you know, would have been living this horrific life this mm-hmm. whole this whole time. So the fact that... He probably wouldn't be speaking much at this point. You know, it makes sense for the character to to use that as part of the the disguise, which is very fucked up, but yeah. it makes sense within the world of the movie. Mm-hmm. And I even like the fact too that the father is just so much accepting, yeah, of this person too. Uh, even there's like a moment too where he sees her in the shower after the shower and you know uh she has her like her breasts out and everything too and he's like oh well you don't need to hide things you know what happened when you were there i mean this is a guy who loves his son no matter what yeah and even when things get revealed later on he just is like totally love and acceptance and i think that's one of the brilliant things about the movie because yeah despite all the dark stuff that happens in this movie this is very much a story about love and acceptance right there unconditional love Un- absolutely unconditional love too um and i i should have mentioned before with my last puzzle piece with this can i live in and this is mm-hmm. sort of like a tie into that movie as well uh all about my mother is another sure. amadavar feature about a boy who's uh, discovering that, you know, the, his mother that's been raising him for a while is trans. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think uh, both Titan and that movie All About My Mother, you know, is very much, you know, trans positive and showing the love is love and acceptance for all. Um, I have a good friend of mine who transitioned from a woman to a man. And, mm-hmm. you know, I've known her for like over like five or ten years as like a woman and now just the last three years as a man and it i'm it's still the same person you know Mm -hmm. nothing ever changes there a little bit of adjustment right there but it still is the the same person you know it's still the same laugh and jokes and everything like that and uh much more happier as a man than a woman because as a woman very suicidal depressed you know not into themselves at all so uh, I just want to bring that up real quickly because I do think that this movie is very uh, trans positive. Yeah. And I think it's good to have. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I completely agree. And I, I think that that's part of what makes this movie so great is not expecting that to be where this is going to go. And especially it was such like a weird premise that we kind of walk in for. Mm-hmm. The, you know, woman gets pregnant by a car. Yeah. <laughs> and then for it to go in those directions, but still handle it so well and be so uh you know just full of love is really an amazing thing yeah i I don't think the the car sets is something that probably gets people to go oh this woman has sex with a car that's just like 
crazy because you mm-hmm. need that sort of like sensationalism to get people into the seats. It reminds me like right. William Castle movies or somewhere right there to do something completely outlandish and crazy and then have it evolve into this great family drama because sometimes you don't get to choose your family. Your family chooses you sometimes. And I think that's absolutely yeah. an amazing thing. Um, so what do you have next for your the puzzle piece? Yeah, so my last puzzle piece, speaking of like the love and unconditional love that's in this, I think there's probably a better version of this piece that I could have come up with, but this was the first thing that kind of came to mind for me. Um, I don't know if you remember, Tupac had a poetry book, The Rose That Grew From The Concrete. I want to say it came out after he died, but I'm not 100% sure on that, but... uh, yeah, I just I just remember though that that was like kind of the main uh, poem in it, and everything else was built around it. it. Was the rose that grew from the concrete, which is of course about love coming from such an unexpected place, you know. And you get this film where it's just this, you know, violence and and horror and weird body horror and all this just awful stuff happening within this this movie and this angry lead character who is just filled with so much angst and and animosity and coming from this gross car show world you know and eventually finding uh love and especially finding that love from a guy and like it's just such a uh a a weird place to find love and unconditional love and caring and uh people taking care of each other and i it's just kind of a a beautiful thing when it when it comes down to it oh 100% 100% david um i have like one last little puzzle piece all right that goes go with this movie it. too all right it's called tetsuo the iron man sure and the basic plot of it is about a businessman. Uh, he kills, accidentally kills a thing called the Metal Fetishes, and who gets his revenge by slowly turning the man into a grotesque hybrid of flesh and metal. So this guy is becoming, has like metal things sticking out of him. It's an old black and white film from 1989. I have not seen this one yet, so it seems kind of odd that I'm suggesting this movie that I have not even seen yet. Well, I'm glad I'm glad you brought it up though because I haven't seen it either, but I have seen it compared, so it definitely belongs in the conversation. Okay, good cuz the whole thing about <laughs> she's got a titanium plate in her head too, has to deal with like flesh and metal, and, you know, and sets with we talk about sets with inanimate objects and whatnot and I sure. think that works all perfectly. So, yeah. 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 Absolutely. I, I'm glad you brought it in there. So uh, I'll go ahead and do the finished puzzle here, and then we'll get into some closing thoughts. Okay. Uh, we talked about Raw, uh, David Cronenberg's films, of course, Crash and others, yeah. uh, Jumbo, Swallow, Christine, Tarantino, The Skin I Live In, Boys Don't Cry, All About My Mother, Tupac's The Rose That Grew From The Concrete Poetry Book, and Tetsu the Iron Man. Do you have any uh, closing thoughts? Anything we didn't quite get to while talking about the uh, puzzle pieces? Ah, uh, you know, he, he, I just think that this is a movie. And I know this has been the conversation since one at Cannes. To me, this movie, Titan, is one of the most original screenplays mm. of this year. It yeah. w- I don't think it will be nominated because I don't think the Academy is ready to dominate a movie like this. I like the fact that it's in people's minds right now. I guarantee mm. you many people are not going to watch this movie based on the initial concept of the movie. They're going to be like, nope, that's weird. That's fucked up. I am not going to see that. And then you're going to have people like in our camp goes, wow, that was weird and fucked up. I can't wait to watch that. So it's just going to yeah. be <laughs> your own take on it right there. I described in my review on my website, uh, I said, it's like pineapple on pizza. Not everyone <laughs> likes pineapple on pizza, but a lot of people do like pineapple on pizza. So you just kind of take your own taste and you know what movies you like and movies you're into. If you are very excited about watching the new uh, Venom movie, then I can guarantee you that this is probably not going to be for you. But if you're adventurous, you will find something to enjoy in this. It surprises you. It surprised me. Absolutely. Yeah, I I would just say I'm just so happy that a movie like this uh, gets released. So shout out to Neon for that. Yeah, but, especially you know, wide like that, too. That's freaking yeah. amazing. 
Absolutely. Um, I, you know, the cast is fantastic. We only briefly kind of mentioned Vincent Linden, but, you know, he's actually top build yeah. in this, uh, surprisingly, above uh, Agatha Russell. And I, he's fantastic. And I'm, I really want to see more of all of these people. You know, I don't watch enough foreign film. I, I watch, I try to watch more, you know, every year, but I definitely don't watch enough. And I want to see more of all these people. Uh, he, he's so good in it. I also really love the score of this film. Uh, the composer, Jim Williams worked with, uh, Julia Ducourneau on raw as well. Mm. And, uh, he also did possessor, which is a fantastic oh, score from yeah. last year. But yeah, great score. And yeah, uh, just great movie. I, I, I still, I, you know, I've only seen maybe, I don't know exactly how many films that won the Palme d'Or at, at Cannes, um, but I, I don't expect them to be movies like this normally, sure. you know? And so <laughs> that, that's just uh, that's just like a fun little uh, like, oh, wow, okay. I, I, that's pretty damn cool that a movie this insane could win uh, the Cannes. Uh, Palm door. So definitely makes me want to watch more of those. For and I, sure. I definitely am hoping that this comes out to physical media because I would mm. love a director's commentary oh, from sure. Julia Cornell because she can basically say, yeah, these are the, these are the themes that I wanted to express. This is what this means. And I like having my own interpretation of a movie when I watch it, but sometimes it's really kind of fun to have like the director and cast talk definitely. about it and what they actually meant or scene, so I'm really hoping that if Julia ever hears this interview, and she speaks really good English. I've saw interviews with her. She could definitely do uh, an American movie net, so like an English language movie with like bigger stars, and I'm hoping that she does that. I never wanted her to forget her French roots, and I still want her to, to do French movies, but you can do at least one movie in English and just see, like do a big budget studio movie. It would be amazing. Just hopefully not a Marvel movie. No, <laughs> no she's going to dread Fast and Furious. Oh, okay. Well, you know what? Sure. Why not? I'll take that. Uh, I think that does it for uh, Teton. Uh, Vern, is there another movie you watched recently you'd like to recommend to our listeners? Oh, gosh. Uh, well, the only thing that is not necessarily a movie, um, mm. the only thing that I've been watching recently is Twin Peaks, The Return. Okay. And it's the third season of the Twin Peaks series and been really kind of enjoying that. It's very different. It's very David Lynch. And that's sure. all I'm going to say right now. But yeah, I've just been watching that as sort of like a recommendation. Um, also, I'll recommend Free Guy. Okay. Ryan Reynolds. Cool. That movie is just a lot of fun. Probably my favorite blockbuster of the past summer here. It's just a fun ride. Uh, Ryan Reynolds, uh, Jodie Comar, they are just amazingly cast, and I'm so excited to see Jodie Comar uh, in the new movie that she's in right now with Ridley Scott. The uh, Last Duel. The Last Duel, yeah. thank you so much. Next week, at yeah. the time of this recording, next week, I can't wait. Oh, that was great. Cool. Uh, well, right on, awesome. Well, uh, Vern, why don't you tell people uh, what you got going on and where they can find you? All right, well, uh, right now I am the host of the Cinema Recall podcast. You can find us at cinemarecall.net. Um, I have my own little thoughts on Titan. You can definitely you know listen to that on there. Uh, recently... We've had on Donnie Roberts from Vidorama Pod to talk about Silver Bullet. I had a good friend of mine on uh, shows last week or so to talk about Transformers, the movie. I'm going to have, next episode is going to have Jason Soto from Whatever with Jason Soto. And we're going to be talking about the Friday the 13th movies. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, thank you so much for uh, for joining me again. I know it's been a year, but yeah. uh, maybe, maybe we'll get you again uh, sometime a little sooner than that. Hey, I'm happy to talk about this movie with you because anything that has to do with like, weird and like messed up stuff, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I'm Josh Bell. And I'm Jason Harrison. We co-host a podcast called Awesome Movie Year. Each season, we take a look back at an awesome year for movies, which is every year. We deep dive into these specific years and we pick out why they were such great years for films. We go over the biggest hits, the biggest flops, the best picture, and some personal picks, some cult classics. 
Years we've covered in past seasons include 1994, 2003, 1977, and 1984, and we've got all of film history to look forward to. So check us out at awesomemovieyear.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, so I hope you enjoyed that conversation about T10. You know, like I was saying to the Vern after we finished recording, uh, that is a movie that although, you know, we jumped in, we want to get this episode up while it's still in theaters and everything, I do not necessarily have all figured out yet. And that's part of the thing of doing a podcast about movies. You know, you want to you want to talk about it. But, uh, you know, after after the movie, you you got plenty to think about and plenty to read up on, read some of your favorite critics and favorite people who have things to say about movies. But there's various levels of interpretation to get into and all kinds of stuff like that. And I look forward to continuing to break down this movie and continuing to think about it and just hopefully getting to see it again soon and getting into some of the other films from this filmmaker and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, that's the thing about movies, you know, it's just, there's, there's no limit to how deep you can get into them. And this is one of those movies that I just am very much looking forward to continuing to dig into. Oh, and uh, one last thing, shout out to and apology to my wife, Gina, who actually wanted to maybe co-host this particular episode with me after we went and saw it at the theater. So shout out to Gina. We will get her on an episode one of these days. Uh, I know we did get to a bunch of her puzzle pieces, actually, that she had mentioned. Uh, I think she also was going to maybe bring up teeth and alien uh but yeah we'll get gene on an episode one of these days but that was our conversation for today hopefully we got into some good stuff for you guys and hopefully you enjoy what we do here on piecing it together getting into puzzle pieces and all that stuff if you do like what you hear on the show make sure you're subscribed wherever you listen to podcasts and of course rate and review us over on apple podcasts or Podchaser or good pods Leave us five stars, leave us a review, letting us know what you actually think of the show, and, you know, just get in touch with me, let me know. I'm always looking for new guests, so if you'd ever like to join me, definitely get in touch for that reason as well. You can follow us on social media at PiecingPod, join our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces, where we continue the conversation about all the movies we talk about here on the show. And, you know, if you really like this show, if you like piecing it together, if you like what I'm doing, uh, share the show. That is just the number one way you can make this thing grow is by sharing it. Just hit that share button whenever you see it pop up on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or whatever. Just hit that share button, share it. We appreciate it so much when you do that. Uh, but we also have a Patreon. You can check that out. The Produced by David Rosen Patreon, where I post advanced, early, bonus all kinds of content, stuff from Piecing It Together, stuff from Awesome Movie Year, another great movie podcast, which I happen to produce. Uh, also stuff from my music career, you know, The Dissection Table, out now. Uh, I mentioned at the top of the show, there's going to be some bonus tracks from The Dissection Table hitting the Patreon very soon, uh, and lots of other stuff hitting the Patreon soon. So if you really, really, really are like, you know, this free podcast is something that I really enjoy, but I'd love to somehow pay for it, uh, you can go subscribe to the Patreon and get a bunch of more content. So that that's the way to do that. So uh, that does it for today's episode of Piecing It Together. I always close this show out with a piece of music. And I feel like I should play something insane for this particular episode. Because uh, that is the only way to make something that fits with this film. And you know what I think I'm going to play? I may have played it before on the podcast. I'm not sure. But, uh, you know, this new album I've been talking about, The Dissection Table, is the soundtrack to a film that I scored. But last year, I also released a soundtrack album uh, for a feature film called Beater, which is more of a drama. Uh, but along with the score for Beater, I included on the album the scores for a bunch of short films that I scored for the same director, Christopher Johnson, because we've actually worked on a bunch of projects together. And so I included the scores for all the short films that we worked on together. And one of those is a horror film called Daisy. And I'm going to play a track from that score. Uh, this track is called She's Coming. And this, along with the entire score for Beater and all these other short films, is all available on this album, Beater Original Motion Picture Soundtrack. That's the last soundtrack album I released. Now I also have the dissection table out. 
And uh, there may be another soundtrack or two that I've been readying for release in the coming years. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens. But if you enjoy this track, check out the rest of the Beater Original Motion Picture soundtrack. It's available anywhere you can listen to music. Thank you for listening. We'll be back with more piecing it together real soon. West Production, produced by David Rosen in Las Vegas.